out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right-doing, there is a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase, each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone, this week Meet Me in the Field again visits the Orangutan in the Field podcast to hear what Marva and Freddie have to say about friendship. What is real friendship? How do you define it? What are the behaviours of a good friend? And how has this changed since our school days when everyone was your friend? How do friendships influence our mental health? Freddie and Marva discuss these points in this episode of Orangutans in the Field. If you want to listen to more Orangutan in the Field podcast episodes, go to www.iono.fm iono.fm and seek for the Orangutan in the Field podcasts and you'll also find the Meet Me in the Field podcast there. This podcast is sponsored by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counselling program available based on The First Layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Please also look out for information on my new book, Life and Non, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me in my shop at www.freddyshop.co.za. This is the story of friendship. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Okay, so timer is going. Timer is going. So we're actually live now. The clock is ticking. So podcast. Speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> podcast one on friendships. Yes. The first podcast of orangutans in the field. The combined podcast of talking orangutans and meet me in the field. Marva and Freddy, your hosts. Yeah. So friendship. Do you, when you said let's talk about friendship, the thought came to me, okay, what is a friend? Mm. And I heard early in my adult life that a friend is someone who goes out at night and gets two blowjobs and comes home and gives his friend one. <laughs> uh, I just took a sip as you were talking. I took all, all that water in my mouth it was very hard work. <laughs> so what do you think of that as a definition of friendship? <laughs> I think we need to talk about uh, <laughs> morality first. <laughs> I think we should talk about who do you choose as a podcast co-host <laughs> and why, <laughs> and uh, how you have this idea of what you're going to talk of, and then this happens. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. That is really starting on a different note. I do like your concept of a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I'm a like, true, who wouldn't? True friend. Yeah, totally so. Okay, so so what's the question? I've got a... What is friendship? What is true friendship? Mm. And I obviously have been thinking a, a lot about this. And the one thing that comes up for me when, when we talk friendship is there's this, there's this romantic notion mm. that you're going to meet somebody in your life and you, you're going to be, what do they call it? BFF, best oh. friends forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know whether I believe in the whole BFF concept. Um, I think friendship is far more a, 
a situational thing. It's two people finding themselves with, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Combined interest or combined situational thing. Like we work together, we, 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 we do something together. And because of that, a friendship starts. And then when that um, a, a, a common denominator, when that comedy, common denominator disappears, for instance, you design from, from your job, mm. then you lose contact with that guy that, that was your best friend. A lot. It doesn't yeah. have to be, but it happens a lot. That, that's the case. Yeah. So I think of friendship as ships passing in the night. I have a slightly different take on that. Like, cool. So, for example... So we've got a topic for discussion. <laughs> Debate starting now. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to give myself one point already. <laughs> All it says you are wrong. <laughs> so I would say I distinguish between like real friends yep. and these common friends, if you want to call it that. Um, oh, we all have a few common friends. That's you okay. know, so like this is my uh, study friends. These yep. are my work friends. And this is my... This is my best work friend. Yes. Like so, from all my work friends, this is my favorite. Um, and then sometimes they transfer or translate into real friends. Yes. So I have a friend called Carmen, who she's coming down from the UK in a week. You would love her. Uh -huh. Everyone loves Carmen. Um, <laughs> Just like Raymond. <laughs> exactly. Um, we were study friends at. Stellenbosch University. Okay. But then that transferred into real friendship. And I had another guy that was my friend at uh, university. We were almost better friends than me and Carmen. His name was Heinrich. And then as soon as we graduated, I basically never heard from yeah. him again. With Carmen and I, we're still in, the, in regular contact. And, and do, you, do you, sorry to interrupt you there, but do you ever think I should rekindle a friendship with Heinrich? Or... or uh, not exactly. I think so. You we, don't have the need. The, no, the, the, the need. The, it, it, it served its purpose. The friendship yeah. was there, and it's done. See, that's that's in a big way how I feel about it. Yeah, I've tried. So I went overseas, and then uh, Carm and I were overseas together, and then I came back from uh, the UK after four years, and I tried to see Heinrich, but by that time he was in a different place, and. Yeah. But listen, if, if our paths cross again, because like sometimes he randomly phones me out of the blue or I randomly phone him and it's like it's super nice and there yeah. is like this history that we share, but our lives are just completely different. Yeah. Where, so for Carmen and I, but then there's real friends and you fall for me under that category where it's like you meet someone in one of these environments, but they very quickly translate into like a real friend, which is like, and for me, a real friend is like, Someone just who interests you, um, you like to hear their stories, they like to hear your stories. <laughs> yeah. um, it's someone that you can share some deeper stuff with, uh, someone that knows how to treat that deeper stuff with respect, but can also sometimes challenge it. Um, and sometimes piss themselves laughing about it as well. <laughs> exactly. You know, so a deeper friend for me is a, is a little bit like that. And... Um, I don't know. I don't know if you have a take on any of this. I 100% agree with you. And I think the interesting thing is, is, is what, what is that thing that, that distinguishes the situational friend, the Heinrich, from the Carmen? Why, why does the one friendship continue into a lifelong friendship and the other one doesn't? 
Mm. And I don't know the answer to that. But one thing that I truly believe is, is important for a true friendship, and that is vulnerability. And I don't know if you can remember how our friendship started. You invited me to come onto your podcast. Yeah. And we had coffee before we... we, we, we Sorry, quick naughty bash that I remember that. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> and at the coffee be, before, before we actually did the podcast, is you, you said to me kind of, you know, it, I've actually realized that I don't have a lot of friends. Mm. And I would like to make a friend. Mm. And that was bloody awesome because I've always seen you and always liked you. But my, my thought was, why would this guy want to be friends with me? So you made yourself vulnerable. Mm. And, and, and look what's developed from that. At some stage, somebody needs to, 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 to say kind of a relationship. At some stage, one, one person needs to make themselves vulnerable and say, I love you. Mm-hmm. With, with the risk of, 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 of the, the reciprocation not going to happen. So I think vulnerability in a, in a, in a, in a friendship is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Where one person needs to be able to make themselves vulnerable, and that's where you said earlier, the respect. And the other person need, needs to re- respect that vulnerability mm-hmm. and hopefully reciprocate it. I've got a friend that Pietra, Pietra and I dated in Standard 7. And, yeah, so that, <laughs> okay. And so we've got to mention this now. <laughs> Let's address the elephant in this room. <laughs> okay, so I was exper- experimenting. I was trying to be straight, Matt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie was trying not to be himself yeah, by dating girls. Do not, do not be me. Anything but me. And, um, so Pietro and I dated, and I can't remember. Well, obviously, we, I, I know why it didn't work, because I was lying in, in the relationship. Mm. But something in, in that relationship translated into us staying friends at school and good friends at school. We went to the same varsity, but she was then dating, and I was doing my thing, and we didn't have a lot of contact with each other. But when we, when we connected, it was always as if we, we've never been, been separate. Mm. And that friendship lasted through varsity, through work or whatever. To make a very long story short, is I'm now 52. So I was 13 when that, fri- that, when that friendship started. Yeah. And last year on my birthday, she now lives in Johannesburg. I live in Cape Town. She called me and said, um, when my father passed away, I inherited his timeshare bordering the Kruger Park. So I was wondering for your birthday whether you and your husband would like to join me for a week's holiday in the end of October. And she was starting to say, it's got two bedrooms. I said, stop, 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 stop. Yeah, we're in. You, know, you don't say no to a free holiday in the Kruger, for God's <laughs> sake. So, so I didn't care. So, and she and my husband met, and they just connected immediately. And what an awesome way for me to have a holiday where my really good friend and my husband really connect. Mm. So all that I do is I sit back and relax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for, for me, that, that's the true friendship. I, I was at, at her father's funeral. Um, it accidentally happened that I was in Johannesburg when, when his funeral was. I didn't fly out specifically for it. But 
I cried so much at his funeral that I felt so embarrassed because I thought this is this is not socially acceptable to cry so much at somebody's funeral who you knew but didn't really know that well. But I felt her pain. Mm. And now this year at, at my father's funeral, she she didn't say she's going to arrive, but the next minute she walked into the church and I made space for her in, in the row of family. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. That's where she belonged. And for me, that's an amazing friendship. And, and I don't know what, what it is that, that we have, but it's there. We're going to think, we, I want, well, I'm going to maybe ask you in a, in a few minutes, what do you think it is? But two things that you mentioned there for me, one is funerals. So when someone dies in your life, it's strange to see who your friends are. Yeah. Or not who your friends are. You have many friends. But it's strange to see how some people behave in a certain way and other people don't and vice versa. Yeah. And they always say like, wait for a tough part in your life to see who your real friends are. And um, so when my brother died five years ago, it was strange to see the people that suddenly came into my life and it was strange to see some people being non-existent or not reaching out and the other thing that you said was uh, time like for you know i think real friends it's that it's that stereotypical um even if we haven't seen each other in a year even if we speak once a year for that conversation we click yeah and again why do we click i don't know but we click and i have a few friends like that so i'm lucky enough to have lived abroad so a lot of my friends are scattered around the world and I have some of these friends, which is like you can see them once every five years. Yeah. And then for that little period, like it's all, it's like, dude, it's so cool to see you. Um, but then I've also realized that some friends, it's nice to have them at a distance. And yes. if I had to spend every single day with them, <laughs> yeah. that's a little bit difficult. Exactly. Having them in the same country, yeah. maybe. Then, then, then I had this holiday <laughs> with a friend uh, six years ago. And I was like, fuck, we best mates, but maybe for going on a holiday, we are not compatible. Because yes. It was him and his girlfriend and me and my girlfriend. Oh, my and man. we were just not compatible. It's like I could have gone with a bunch of random fucks and it would have been <laughs> a little, little bit more harmonious. <laughs> so again, like friendship doesn't always mean like everything's perfect yeah. all the time. And then there's also like I have school friends. You know, so it's again like I have school friends, university friends, recovery friends. There's such a variety of friends. Yes. And recovery friends are weird ones because we have this... I'm autom- nodding. <laughs> yeah, so we have this automatic honesty with each other. We have this automatic understanding. It's almost like when, you, when people go to the gym and it's like, I like the gym. And it's like, I like the gym too. And then there's this automatic understanding yeah. of a certain lifestyle. Um so I don't know, but the the thing for me, the interesting thing for me is, uh, I I think definitely with my brother dying, there's a few people that I thought would have come by for coffee, and one of the things that bothered me the most about when my brother died is that nobody came for coffee. So he died, I think, on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday, my mom and dad had like. 30 people popping by to come give their condolences yeah. in person and I didn't have anyone oh my and then and I think obviously because I was young yeah. 
Uh, and you also came back from, from, from London. I came back just, from just, Poland. Just from Poland, just before that. Yeah, so. well, I was back in the country for a while. Is I it? think I was back for six weeks. Okay. And then he died. And someone that showed up was we, my brother and I, we were in a band in high school. And our vocalist showed up out of the <laughs> middle of nowhere. Just came walking around the corner, I think on that Sunday. Yeah. And that meant the world to me. And he wasn't even there for me. He was just there to show his respect. Yeah. And it turned out to be like this magical moment where he came. And I was like, I could just share something. So anyone listening and they're wondering if they're a good friend. When someone dies, at minimum, a phone call, yeah. a couple of text messages. But literally go show up for an awkward 30 seconds. Yeah. And maybe that turns into an hour conversation or two hours, but literally just showing up in person. But I came to realize that from being on that side. Yes. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I did the same, but then it's again like, a, and that, that immediate two to four weeks, just be physically in the vicinity yes. of that person. Because I saw that my, my father's oh, uh, friends, they did that. They would just randomly show up and be like, we're drinking coffee now. Mm. You're doing this now. And it's a bit taking like leadership in yes. a situation and looking after the other person and not thinking about the awkwardness. I think our, our parents' generation are better at that than we are. Mm. Because they still grew up in a phase of face-to-face -face contact with each other, mm. of actually having, <laughs> having real conversations with each other, not just on WhatsApp. I remember one... A friend of mine's mother died. And the weirdest thing happened where my whole, with my whole being, I wanted to speak to him about it. Mm. I didn't want to send a message to say I'm sorry to hear. I wanted to speak to him. There was this... I needed that connection with that friend at that stage. Or I wanted him to know that that connection is there. And a, a, a message would not have done it. Mm. And it's a difficult conversation. I remember after the conversation, the thought went through my head was, this was really not difficult because, it was a tr because he is a true friend. Mm. And I think when, when you have a real good friend, you, those difficult conversations just come easily. That, that, that connection is there. Yeah. Now with my father passing away, I, I have one friend here in Cape Town. I met her in rehab. And she called every single night. Before she switched the light off, she would know that I'm in bed already. And mm. it was just kind of, so how things go. And that was amazing. And mm. also before the funeral, she was kind of, you know, I, I, would, I would give my right arm to be there, but you know I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That, that type of thing is just, the, you, you can't put the value to that. You know what I think, now, while we're talking about friendship, the connecting thing, could it be, and fuck, I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway, is, is going through tough times together. Because the thought that goes through my head is like in this, this esprit de corps thing from, from the army. And I know you, you like military stuff. And, and just the thought of it kind of freaks me out. But I'm thinking now that I, I was in the army in, what year did I go in? 89, 1989. One of my best friends is Ben, who I met in the army. 
So that was definitely a tough time we went through together. For my friend Pietra, mm. at school we were, we were both kind of not on the same level as the other kids. <laughs> yeah. We were just slightly different. And, mm. and both of us knew we were different and kind of, if we didn't stick together, we're going to be fucking alone. Mm, <laughs> that mm, type mm. of situation. Um, I mean, we, we went to the matric dance together because we, we knew that nobody else would ask us. <laughs> 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 so we kind of put, put the bet out there, let, let's go together be, before we feel like outcasts. Let, let's just... Yeah. <laughs> um, so that might be something that that is is a bonding factor. This girl cursed you who called me every night to, when my father was busy dying. We were in rehab together. Mm. So it, it, it's 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 going through really deep, meaningful stuff together. That that, that might really be a, a a bonding thing. Well, I think it's a contributing thing because I'm sure if we go sit here, I'm like, there's a lot of people we had a lot of difficult stuff with. You yeah. and you were in the army with how many guys and That's how many friends right, do you yeah. have from that time? Two. So it's a bit two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit like I I think that that helps. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like. I'm not saying like if you if you have a friend at the moment they're like oh we're not really friends I fucking go stand in the middle of the desert and try to survive that like bear grows and you're gonna be best mate suddenly <laughs> um, because I have some people that I face difficult challenges in my life with and it's just a special memory okay. that's a special yeah. time of my life where all paths crossed and it's a bit like. It is what it is. Yeah. And beyond that, you, you have nothing else, which that, makes the conversation awkward because once you've reminisced about that episode, that period, there's nothing left. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit weird. And it's like even like school friends. The one thing I, I what I was thinking now about the, the whole discussion of friendship is I saw a few friends uh, last weekend, which I haven't seen in years. And uh, we used to be best friends. And I think what, what happened with me was that um, I felt after a while that if I don't travel to their town, I will never see them. Okay. Because they never come to my place. It's yeah. always happening on their side. It's always okay. happening on their side. And the weird thing for me was um, no matter how good we friends we were, I just didn't feel like I could say that. And I felt like I did say that or I subtly tried to say that. It's a bit like, you know, just maybe come a bit to my side. Yeah. And it was this weird thing where it's almost like I'm keeping score. And it was the, it's like having a relationship with a girl, which you wouldn't really know. <laughs> No, but it's like when you you know when you start dating, it's like how many messages have I got yeah, and how oh many God, yeah. how many have they sent, and you start keeping a bit of score, and you normally fucked when you're at that point. Yeah. And uh, but now we've had a break, and now it feels like an element of maturity has come about. Oh, cool! I think for me, a lot of my friendships have been strange just because I've been young. I'm 34, so I'm still super young. Still a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I think. Um, it's just, it's weird. So as I'm maturing, I think this whole concept of friendship is also becoming different. It, 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 it definitely changes. Question hmm. to you, Marva. Yes. Where do you stand with your partner being your best friend? Your wife or your husband? Well, in your case, your wife. In my yeah. case, my husband. Do you think your, 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 your marriage partner should be your best friend? 
I don't know. <laughs> His eyes were like saucers before he answered that question. I don't know. I'm listen. I'm at a weird place. Like uh, uh, we, she, my wife and I, we are going through a bit of couples therapy at the moment. So whatever I say on this topic is a little <laughs> bit uh, polluted. With just uh, trying to figure out uh, where we are a little bit. I was uh, raised not chauvinistic, but I was raised quite patriarchal. And when I yeah. started dating women, um, they were always the girlfriends. And not like I was, uh, I was raised with they're going to cook and clean for me, but there was certain shit you just didn't do with your girlfriend you know okay. so if i went to go see metallica this weekend it's like i'm not fucking going with my girlfriend i'm going with my best mate <laughs> you know when i'm going cool, surfing yeah. or fucking downhill mountain biking or whatever it's like i'm doing this shit and i think yeah. maybe because i was young a lot of my friendships were based around activities and not so much discussions and because i was in recovery a lot of my uh, friends and recovery is dominated by men. I think maybe because women have healthier uh, capabilities of dealing with emotions yeah. and talking with it and etc. You have to use to hide the shit. So a lot of the, the guys in my life uh, I could talk to. So a girlfriend had like a very weird, small, minimal type of um, role and function. But saying that, I think um, my relationship with my wife, I think three or four or five years in, suddenly it was like, fuck, I think she's my best mate right yeah. now. Something happened. Okay. I think there was a certain amount of life experiences, which you said, like there were certain experiences that we've just gone together. Yeah. Uh, there's so much history suddenly. And somehow we just aligned and she became like my best friend where it's like, well, if I'm going to tell the story, I want to tell it to her. Yeah. Like where maybe before it was like she'll, she'll be the fourth one to hear something. Yeah. So it's really cool for me when my partner is my best mate in that regard. Yeah. But you don't think it's a, pre a prerequisite for a happy marriage that your partner needs to be your best mate? No. I don't think so as well. I think it's also like uh, this is a topic for a different day. I think everyone... Well, what is a happy marriage? You know, what is fulfillment? Yeah. You know, what is... <laughs> so a lot of people, yeah. if you see a, a marriage as a business transaction, and it's like, you are there for sex and this and this and this, and I am here for this, this and this, and I'm like, well, that's a successful marriage yeah. to them. It's like, my previous relationship was seven, 17 and a half years, of which I was married for one. And... I don't think of that relationship as a failed relationship. Mm. It's quite, quite weird. But we, 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 so, we so concentrate on the end of a relationship or the end of a friendship that we don't take into consideration that for 16 years, things were actually going quite well. Yeah. And I'm not going to define the, the six, 17 years in terms of the last year. I refuse to do that. Yeah. We had an awesome time for, for, for 16 of the 17 years. Mm. It wasn't a failed relationship. It was a wonderful relationship that didn't work. Mm. How do you like that? For, for But friendship as well. It, but it was a wonderful friendship and, and then we had a vast difference of opinion about something really fundamental. And But while it lasted, it was a wonderful friendship. Can you overcome a friendship 
challenge such as you are perfect friends except that this one's a racist and you're not oh god because i'm sure in your era you grew up with a lot more yeah. open uh like public racists like yes. i grew up in the era of private racists yeah or situational racists i am guilty of of hearing people using the k word and not challenging on that hmm. so some of my older friends will definitely still use that word and i will i will cringe but for the sake of the friendship i won't challenge them yeah, yeah. which is wrong because i will not use that word it's not acceptable Mm. So why do I allow them to use it? it yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's I, had a, I had a sponsor that told me, I don't know why you can be friends with these people because they are womanizers. They're cheating on girlfriends, etc., etc. Et like, how can you be friends with that? And I, was, and I was very young when he said it. I was like, well, that's one part. Like yeah. if you look at the other 95%, they're just good people yeah. and we are perfect for each other. And I just don't partake or participate in that aspect uh, yeah. or engage in that aspect. But as I became older, I'm like, well, that is now I can't have friends that do that. Yeah. When I was younger, I could have turned a blind eye to it. Now that I'm older, it's like I can't turn a blind eye to it. So I think your, your morality has strengthened around that. Yes. And because you married yourself, it's just going to it has a complete different meaning i suppose no definitely definitely and i think also uh, experiencing uh, um experiencing a lady that has cheated on you it's uh, it's it's not nice it's yeah. just like good people don't do that unless uh, i spoke to a friend the other day i said to him i've never cheated on anyone but it's because i've been sober my whole life yeah. in uh, relationships so i've never had a cop out I think a lot of people cheat on each other because it's like they have a couple of drinks as a cop-out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where I inevitably always sit with, yeah. I made that decision. You know? Totally so. Um, so uh, my other question is, if you are, how do you, how do you continue to be with friends if they do stuff? that you don't feel comfortable with, so for example, say the, the K word, yeah. but you're too uncomfortable to say something, like what do you do in those situations? Or how do you approach it? I think, okay, um, I'm going to, to answer the question with, with a weird example. Go for it. So in, oh my God, what year was it? 1990, three going into the new year's eve going into 1993 i met the guy at a party at the new year's party fell head over heels over love with him um, but i left for cape town on the 5th of january 1993 so we saw each other for five days had this fleeting romance and i moved to cape town and he was in Joburg, but we kind of committed to having a long-term long-distance relationship then, a few months later, my friend came to visit me in Cape Town, and he put on a T-shirt, a 
Zimbabwe t-shirt. And I said to him, oh my God, that's a nice t-shirt. Where did you get it? He said, oh, I got it from Mark. I said, my Mark? He said, you mean my Mark? <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't know it was Mark was dating both of us at that ah. stage. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and obviously there was a lot of emotions involved. But very, very strangely, both of us kind of agreed that if Mark is not important enough to fuck up a, f a friendship of X amount of years. Mm. And the other guy and I are still friends today. And he's also an old army, army butt. So what I'm saying is some things are just not important enough to... I get what you're saying, but to, why? To, to fuck up a, a friendship over. Yeah, but that's a, like if we want to go deeper, it's like why? What is so special with you two that clicks that that is not an issue? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like... I think with, what, with, what with, makes with my friend and I at that stage, it was kind of suddenly... Because by that, that stage, he wasn't, still, he wasn't seeing Mark anymore. Yeah. So it was okay because now he was an enemy to both of us, which strengthened our, our, our friendship. Okay, okay. Um, but let's think of an example. Shall we use the, 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 the whole racism thing? Okay. Is, so, first of all, I think, I think it's important that whether an opinion is right or wrong, somebody's entitled to an opinion. Mm. But now, if I know one of my friends hits his wife, will I also just ignore that? So why is it okay for 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 in, in my in my head that you can discriminate against another party, and that's okay, but when it comes to to another form of discrimination. It is okay. Yeah, but I think the example you're using there is uh, it's it's not correct. It's for me. It's like if your friend said his wife pisses him off so much that he thinks of beating her every now and again. Yeah. Versus a friend saying the K word. I think that is more in sync. Okay. Versus yes. a friend that beats Actually, up black people because he doesn't like yeah. them as a race. Versus a friend that beats up his wife. Yeah. So and I think it's like you know me. I have an extreme way of expressing my emotions sometimes. We I do. I'm like <laughs> I, I want seen that. <laughs> I want to chop people's legs off with the fucking fungus, which I said an hour ago. And I think you can distinguish that uh, it's a form of expression. Yeah. And when push comes to shove, I'll never do it. And I think it's also sometimes with, and I'm not, I don't want to make it okay, but it's like some friends in a moment of anger and frustration uses the K word. But when push comes to shove, I know a friend, he uses that word in traffic or whatever. Yeah. He does more for black and colored people than what any hippie, liberal-minded person that is really socially out there on public platforms. And I think that's why sometimes it becomes okay for my friend to say that because I know it's just a form of expression and he's actually a really good person 
and I don't take it to heart where there's other people if they say it and I see also the way they live their life it's a bit like yeah. you know what I think you're right because both people that I now think of that I know use that word definitely do more for other colored people than I do yeah and so I know it, 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 it's, it's, it, that word doesn't reflect in the way they live their lives no, I talk about murder so often when I express my emotions, and I am 100% against it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an extreme form of expressing my anger. And we as humans are so um, primitive sometimes. And then within the primitive species that we are, we have primitive individuals yeah. that have a lack of emotional and spiritual understanding, and then in very heated moments they express themselves that doesn't and i think again with the primitive humans that we are we want to hold a gun against someone's head for something they said in a moment of yeah. rage like i had people that drove into my car and i was so rageful and half an hour later i contacted everyone i could to apologize and <laughs> rectify the moment <laughs> and it's like and now everyone wanted to hold me as this guy yeah. that two minutes there listen if i continue to do this every week Absolutely, then i'm a dick yeah. but um i just think there's a little bit more to this whole thing so we're talking about a a, a, a true shared morality yeah that even though they, they they sometimes say something that's not con congruent with with the actual sense of morality as as a friend we see that true morality yeah they they live it. It's like I always say, kind of, you know, don't tell me you're fucking spiritual. Live so that I can see you fucking spiritual. Yeah, yeah. And and, and with with the people who are my good friends is, I connect on a deep level with that morality. So mm. even when they sometimes act outside of that morality, I I know what the true morality is. Definitely, and I think um, I, I'm sure you know from your podcast is that you have certain people on your podcast and you're like, fuck, that was an awesome podcast and I'll never see that person again yeah. in my life. More than the podcast, there's nothing. Yeah. But there's some people, it's like, if we somehow lived in a different society, I think we could have been best friends or we would have been really good friends because yeah. there's this army guy that I did from America. It was I think such a nice chat. We just still freaked me out that I'd enjoy it. It's <laughs> like a, we just connected on such a weird yeah. level. It's like, dude, just to confirm, I'm still coming tomorrow. Oh, thank you so much to let me know. And we spoke about it where it's like we just... He does that. I does that. And when I'm like, yeah. okay, the idea for the podcast, and I laid out the idea nicely, it's like I do the same. And then it's like we talk about this or this or this, and it's, it's exactly what you say. There were certain rules to life that we share. Yeah. You treat each other with respect. Um, right is right. Fucking right is right. You yes. don't have to argue to someone why you think you're right. It's like... You rode, you drove over a red light, you bumped into me. There's no, like, interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly. is right, you know. And th there's a certain element where I have some friends that will argue and be like, oh, but you know what, like, I have some friends. I'm frowning. <laughs> yeah, I have, I've, I've come to know that I've had some friends and I'm like, listen, in business, they're a certain type yeah. of person. And in their personal lives, they're a certain type of person. 
I see that you're also looking at the time. Uh, we have five minutes uh, before uh, this alarm goes off. Quick question. I think mm. about this sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Being gay and having male friends, is that difficult? Or because I'm sure at some point, it's like if I have a male friend. You mean straight male friends. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or even gay male, uh, male friends. It's like, if I have a male friend, at no point do I think, like, I want to put my finger up their bum. <laughs> 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 and I might want their finger up mine. It's like, you know that that is a giraffe, and that is a leopard, and that is a... Is it weird? Uh, I'm, and I'm sure this is probably different for different gay men because I'm stereotyping now that, you know. Yeah. But is it something that ever comes up where it's like, well, this gay guy is super handsome or attractive or he's got this energy and it's quite difficult to be his friend because I'm attracted or vice versa. Yeah. Or this guy is straight, but <laughs> what's your take on that? It's very weird. Um. It can get awkward, yes, okay. definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll be lying if, if, if I say it's not. When in my previous relationship, we must have been together for about six or seven years when both of us, we were drawn into a circle of friends. And in that circle of friends was, was a really, really super nice guy. And I suddenly realized that I think I'm in love with this guy. Mm. And for, for days and probably a week or maybe two, there was this weird energy in me. God, I can't stop thinking about this guy and what do I do? And, 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 and one night, my boyfriend and I were chatting and I said to him, I think I'm in love with this guy. And he looked at me and he said, oh my God, of course, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Shame, guilt, broken. What do you call it? Um, the fascination is gone. Yeah. And we ended up being good friends, mm. both of us with him. And I think that is such a difficult question. I think very, very quickly, I know whether I'm sexually attracted to somebody or not. Yeah. For instance, in my previous relationship, when I was doing drugs and all that, that kind of thing, I had no boundaries. I would push a boundary with a straight guy trying to, to, to get him into bed. Yeah. Whether he was mildly interested or not at all, I would always play the, the, the jokes and those type of things. And because I didn't respect myself, I couldn't respect that person. They, I couldn't respect their boundaries. Yeah. Now, in recovery... I just don't do that shit because mm. I respect myself and respect my own boundaries. So if I have a lot more respect for other people's boundaries. Because I know from, from my own personal experience, I could never be friends with women if they were slightly attractive. It was just not possible. Or something that you, that you are actually sexually attracted to. Yeah. Is, is that what you're saying? It was no. just, that was impossible for me. Yeah. So like uh, if, you, if I was attracted to you, if you were pretty... It's almost like there was a certain wiring in my yeah. head that I can be friends, I can be nice, but listen, if at any moment you're going to tell me, yeah. do you want to get it on? I'll probably say yes. Yeah. And, and then 
if a girl's not that attractive and has not really got that, I could be like a friend friend. Yeah. And now that I'm all mature, I can feel it's slightly different. Uh, it does make a difference to, 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 to grow up. Eh? <laughs> My ex and I went to a dinner party one night. And in the car on the way home, he said to me, Good God, what was it, what was it with you and the guy next to you? You flirted terribly. Yeah. And I said, yeah, he spoke the most beautiful Afrikaans. <laughs> <laughs> he was ugly as hell, but oh my God, the way he used the Afrikaans language just got my knees so weak. Is it? And if he gave the slightest hint I'm interested, I would have gone for it. Okay, okay. Interesting. But ultimately... We'll, we'll talk about romantic relationships on, a, on maybe, another maybe podcast. Maybe that is one for, for, for another night. There we go. There's our 43 minutes, so we've got two minutes to summarize. To wrap up. So what, is your, what did you get out of this conversation? That I don't want my finger up anyone's bum. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to qualify, or anyone's up mine. <laughs> I think um, I think it's just I don't know what makes good friends. I still don't know, because on paper it's like there's some people who are like fuck. We got to be good friends, and you aren't. Yeah. Um, but definitely common middle ground, uh, similar morals and principles, yes. uh, similar beliefs. Um, and I think uh, for me, inherently, I'm a good person. I'm trying to be a good person. And inherently, that's what they need. Uh, they can have faults and everything around that. But why are you laughing? Um, I, or smiling? You, you triggered something. You triggered a memory. And I have a, a tendency to be friends with my shadow. Mm. I have a friend who is just fucking weird. Yeah. He is, he is everything that is not me. He's a good person. Um, 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 he comes from, from, a, from a family in the Platteland, and morally we, we, we share the same, but he is just way out there. And I know I'm friends with him because he represents my shadow. Mm. He does everything that I would not ever see myself to do, but I love the fact that he does it. Yeah. <laughs> so bringing another dimension into, into friendship. And he one night said to me when we were stoned, he looked at me and he said, Near Yara Freddy, you used to wait for me. Yes, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you just said that. <laughs> but again, that, 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 that other um, um, dimension is, even though he is so different. On, on a moral level, he is such a good person. Mm. And I think that's ultimate the, ultimately the, 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 the core. The core is do we connect um, morally? I think we're going to have to think about that and come back to it. But I think uh, podcast one is in the bag. And I think what we need to do is make way for comments if anybody wants to give a comment and tell us what they think then um, by all means no, I would love like if people can uh, um, can write comments or uh, fuck I wish they could upload voice notes yeah um, and we also didn't discuss chemistry 
because there is just, a, I'm, I'm sure there's a, chem, a chemical aspect involved as well. Definitely. I think we'll make a note and because uh, I'm sure romantic relationships is a topic. Yeah. Uh, I think um, talking about marriages, that's a topic. Yeah. Big topic for me in my life is hobbies. How do you pursue ah. hobbies? Um, how do you deal with uh, dark thoughts and feelings? Mm. There's a whole variety of yeah. stuff that what you talked about, like um, how we conscribe to society. And yeah. how bullshit in society is somehow accept acceptable. some unacceptable behavior as, as okay. You know, so there's definitely a few podcasts that's coming up that uh, I think will make notes and it will somehow work its way back yeah. in there. But chemistry, definitely. Like, you just have chemistry with some people. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that is what, what, what orangutans in the field is going to be about. We're just going to talk about topics that tickles us, that, that we think about, that we yeah. find interesting. And we hope other people find it interesting as well. Yeah. If you talk about tickle... <laughs> so you might just stick his finger up your bum but he can tickle you <laughs> is that okay <laughs> I think let's finish on that <laughs> thanks really awesome thanks man we'll see you again ciao as you can hear this was the first episode that Marva and I recorded for orangutans in the field I've come to really enjoy our combined effort and hope for it to grow beyond our wildest expectations. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field, or Freddy Counselor, or on Twitter at at Freddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an I-E at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.